You are listening to Damascus Crossroads. From Central Kentucky, welcome to Damascus Crossroads, a podcast for those who are seeking healing from addiction. Your host, Tim Altman, will be having real conversations about how the power of Jesus Christ can break the chains of addiction and deliver anyone from this bondage. If you are at the crossroads of your life between continuing a life of affliction from addiction or living a life of freedom, you've come to the right place. May today's message be your Damascus moment and open your eyes to renewal. Merry Christmas and uh, happy birthday, Jesus. This is your host, Tim Altman, with the Damascus Crossroads podcast. Um, I just want to say a thank you to a few people out there, well, to everybody that listens to my show for one thing and subscribes. And um, I want to thank you, thank you to um, Veronica. She's been my number one fan. I work with her now for probably 20 years at a retail store. Uh, she always encourages me, uh, tells me the show's a blessing. Uh, so, you know, that means a lot to me. And then my brother-in-law, um, he's a big fan, and he he likes to listen to my shows. Uh, he said, "Keep up the good work." And our, we went back and we found our first follower, uh, follower of the show, and then her name was Megan. So I want to say thank you to her uh, and everybody else out there. Like I said, God bless y'all. Um, this is going to be kind of a um, just a Christmas special. Kind of keep it short, uh, you know. And in honor Jesus, th- this is what it's all about. It, during Christmas, I try. I know the kids. I try to buy me and my wife. We'd buy presents for them. But other than that, it's about honoring Jesus. Of course, you got to buy your mama something, y'all. You know, a little something at least, you know, show her you love her. Other than that, I try to keep it about honoring Jesus. Um, that's what it's all about. And to honor Jesus today, um, I would like to talk about the greatest gift, the greatest miracle out there. Um, it's not healing. Um, it's not prophecy. Uh, for example, I can heal you. Like if you had a broken leg, you know, if I could heal you, I'm not saying I can, or, or if somebody could, you're still going to die. You know, you, 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 if if I can prophesize uh, and tell you the future, the, the end's still going to come. You know what I'm saying? But the greatest gift out there is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Um, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Um, today during Christmas, I, I kind of want to get it out there. If you haven't accepted Jesus into your life, and even if you have, um, and you want to just kind of rededicate yourself to Jesus, I have to do that a lot. I've had to do that throughout my life is rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. Um, the first thing to do is take responsibility for your sins. Um, evaluate yourself and then ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins and and bow your head and, and be remorseful for what you did because you hurt Jesus when you sin you hurt Jesus Jesus was sinless and he took the burden he took the he took what the Romans dished out to him he took the mockery and everything else he went to the cross for us and when we sin we we hurt Jesus we grieve him um so that's the first thing you need to do number two we have to accept Jesus Christ through faith um and make him the Lord of our life that means Dope ain't the Lord of her life anymore. Porn ain't the 
Lord of our life anymore. Um, having a fair living in sin ain't the Lord. A new car, new Jeep, it ain't, it ain't the Lord of our life anymore. The Lord of our life is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we put him first and foremost. We put him first before our marriage, before our kids, before anything. Because when you put Jesus first, it makes all them relationships so special. Um, you know, Jesus has taught me how to be a better, and reading the Bible has taught me how to be a better husband, um, a better father. Um, you know, a lot of times with my son, I'd lose my cool and all that, you know, before, you know, I had Jesus in my life and, and he was Lord of my life. And now, you know, I see how I've shamed the Lord and, and I've hurt him. And, and now I have patience where I didn't before. And in fact, I hate to get off subject, but as my wife says, I always do. There's a verse in the Bible where, um, a master goes in front of his Lord and, and, um, and he owed the Lord much. And the Lord said, you know what, Mr. Master, I'm just going to let you go on this, you know? So the master, he's like, wow, man, I got lucky. I could have got put in jail. I could have got beheaded and everything else. Well, the first thing this master does is he goes out and he sees one of his servants out on the street. And he said, don't you owe me some money, Mr. Slave? He said, and the servant's like, yeah, man. And so master said, you got it? And no. Well, the master just lays into beating him. And he goes and does, does this to several of his servants, you know goes around and they don't have the money so he inject, puts them in prison beats them so the lord hears about this the king the lord he calls this master back to him and he says you evil master what have you been doing so he says well <laughs> he couldn't lie so the lord said you will be thrown into the dungeons and by what by what justice you 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 meet out you will be measured with so this is this is kind of like us when when we have relationships we have to we have to understand that we have been bad and, and we have to forgive other people and have patience with them. And number three, pick up your Bible, start reading the New Testament. Um, I love to start out with people. It's kind of the milk of the word. It's kind of this, Jesus makes everything simple. Um, just like I just said about three steps of salvation, that basically came from the New Testament, the four books of the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, read John twice. Um, that's going to be your starting point for your salvation. Then as you grow in the Bible and, and, and find a good church, find a good church with a, with a loving preacher, um, I think the first thing you want to look for in a spiritual leader is humbleness. If you find somebody that's full of pride and arrogance, um, get away from that church and go somewhere else. Find, find a preacher that's humble and loving and caring. Um, we went to a church um, with our niece, uh, here, here a while back, and I think we went twice. And my mom was in the hospital, and this preacher like texts me. He said, "Man, can I come up and visit your mom?" And I'm like, "Man, you got like 60 people, 70 people in your church, you know." And I, I appreciate it, but I don't think that's necessary. But that just showed the love that he had um, for my mom, and 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 the way he was to give of himself. And that's what you're looking for in a preacher, you know. Um, don't look for somebody that's going to tickle your ears or promise you wealth or anything like that. Love, love, love. That's what you're looking for, humbleness. Um, so that's what you want to find in a church. Um, after you become a Christian and you go to church and you all uh, start reading your Bible, it's our job to share the gospel with other people and tell them about Jesus Christ. Uh, and I've been led by the Holy Spirit to let people know that he understands that we're not perfect. Um, so when we go up and we minister to people, um, you know, a lot of people worry so much about, well, I say anything wrong or I do anything wrong to offend them or anything like that, and they won't preach the gospel. 
the Lord's led and the Holy Spirit's led me to tell you, tell you, and, and he's told me that it's not, it's not if we make a mistake, we're human. If I say something, Isaiah had a prophecy 400 years ago and it actually happened 350 years ago about Jesus Christ's death. That's not what the Lord, that's not what he's talking about. You know, the Bible gives a warning about people out spreading the gospel and then, um, shaming the Lord. What shames the Lord is if I'm preaching the gospel to you and you see me in a liquor store, or if I'm preaching the gospel to you and you see me doped up or I get busted for doing dope or, or, I, or I'm out there cheating on my wife, I got a girlfriend, um, or, or if I'm even to the point where if I'm preaching the gospel to you and I'm telling you about Jesus Christ and I'm, and I'm saying, I'm saying cuss words or, or I'm talking bad about somebody. And sometimes I slip up and I'll start saying something bad about people, but I, I catch myself now most of the time. And, and I'll say, Lord, forgive me. And I'll also stop right there. And whoever I'm talking to at the time, I will apologize. Um, because you know, the, it hurts the Lord and, and it, it, it may basically your best testimony for the Lord it's how you live your life and conduct your life every day of the week. That's what people are looking at. They're looking at that change in your life. Like me, you know, I went from um, just being evil, uh, evil mouth, uh, bad thoughts, lying constantly, um, doing dope every day, every minute. I lived for dope. That's what I loved is dope. And um, I went from that to um, being a Christian, serving the Lord, loving people. That's another thing. When you get on dope and stuff, you just your heart waxes cold. You don't care about anything but dope. You know, you say you do, but in the long run, when it comes down to it, your dope comes first. Period. Um, because there's nothing. I can't explain it. I mean, I guess somebody on dope could understand what I'm trying to say. You're just thinking about it 24 seven. Even when you start getting low, I mean, I'd get low on dope and I'd start getting sick to my stomach. And feeling like I and I would have a large amount, but I would just just the thought of running out of it. And you, anybody out there, the way you love dope, if you love somebody, it would be almost like um, you'd be almost like a stalker or something. So, um, yeah. So that's 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 a change in my life that that I want people to see, and I think people see it. And a lot of people, when I when I now when I preach about Jesus to them, or I witness, or I share Jesus, I shouldn't say I'm a preacher. I'm definitely not. My wife made that point. <laughs> I definitely love to share the message of Jesus. Um, they see that in my life, and they and they respect what I say. Um, so, you know, if I'm coming up there and I'm preaching to you and I got a beer in my hand and a joint in my mouth, the people just don't take you seriously, and they shouldn't. Um, that's why, you know, like Billy Graham, we're watching a documentary right now on Christmas Day about Billy Graham, and I just started tearing up because this man, you know, far as i know they just couldn't the media tried to dig up stuff on them the people just you know there's devils out there that want to dig up something on a godly man and they just couldn't do it billy graham wouldn't even get in an elevator with another woman or speak to another woman unless his wife was there or another male or, or somebody else was there as a witness you know he just wouldn't get himself into that's as christians we can't put ourselves in a situation um especially if we're out spreading the gospel uh sharing the gospel uh put ourselves in a situation where somebody could start rumors on us um, that's why, you know, we used to, me and my wife, we, when we first started stop drinking, you know, she'd be like, get me some fake wine or fake beer. And I, and I went to the liquor store and I sat looking around and I'm saying, you know, I'm telling people about Jesus. What if somebody sees me in here getting some fake wine or fake beer? They're not going to think I'm in there getting that. Um, oh, I got a neighbor want me to pick them up some beer. You know, I can't do it. Sorry. I'm, you know, well, then I got to drive all the way to town to get beer. I could hurt somebody, you know, I got that on the back of my mind too, but. That's one of them darned if you do and darned if you don't type situations. 
Um, but I'm not getting involved in it. Um, you know, I pray the law catches them and they get a DUI and then get put in jail. That'll cure them from drinking and driving before they hurt somebody. Um, but anyways, um, Merry Christmas, like I said to y'all. And um, if you're not a Christian, like I said, the greatest gift is salvation through Jesus Christ. Um, that's eternity. That's what really matters. I think the best way I can honor Jesus Christ today on is to read the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. Okay, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angels of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard of this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judah, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for you shall come, for for from you shall come a ruler, who will shepherd my people of Israel. Um, of course, they're going back into the Old Testament here with, with verses like this um, and, and added to the New Testament here where, where it has been prophesied, you know, Jesus was coming from Bethlehem. Jesus will be born of a virgin um, and so on and so on. And then all this was writ, written in the Old Testament four to five hundred, you know, five, uh, anywhere from a thousand to five hundred years before Jesus came and studied by the scribes and Pharisees of that time and knowing to them that this was this is how the Messiah was going to be born. Yet when it happened. They did not realize it because they were blinded. Um, they had this idea that Jesus Christ was going to be some kind of Alexander the Great or something. I rode around chariot and butchered all their enemies, you know. Um, and Jesus was so much more, um, so much more special. Um, in fact, they did a um, survey. The most influenced, uh, the most person that influenced the earth the most. And, of course, Jesus Christ was number one on that. Of course, he's number one in my life, period. I think Napoleon was on that list, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, but to me, they're they're not even on the scoreboard. Jesus 100% is, is who the most important person that ever walked the face of the earth is. Uh, anyways, then Herod, then Herod summoned the wise men secretly the, about the time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come to worship him. 
Uh, you know he wasn't coming to worship him. He's going to come and kill him because he was jealous, kind of like an old male grizzly bear will find the cubs and kill them so they don't um, kind of raise up and, and, and kill him later. So that's kind of what King Herod was thinking here. After listening to the kings, they went out on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Um, I think that's kind of cool. You know, that's me. You know, when I found Jesus and, and that star led me to Jesus and Jesus came into my life, I, I rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's exactly how I felt. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother and they fell down and worshiped him. That's another thing I do. I fell down and worship the Lord. Um, just like the wise men did. You know, that's us, man. We get born again. We fall down, worship the Lord. Um, then they opened their treasure. They offered him gifts, gold, franken, frankincense, and myth. And being warned in their dreams not to return to Herod, they departed from to their own country by another way. Now, after we become born again, we got to be warned in our we got to be warned by the Bible not to return to our old friends like Herod. You know, they're not they're up to no good. That'd be our drug dealers at the nightclubs, the bars, um, stuff like that. You know, the Bible warns us not to depart from them and go to go to a different country. You know, go hang out at a nice church with with good Christian folks. Um, that's a good lesson from that. Um, the flight to Egypt. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for this child and destroy him. How many want to know that you know, when we get cleaned up, we go to rehab and the Lord saves us that the devils and the demons and our drug dealers and, and other things and sinners will come looking for us and search us to destroy us. You know, you call them your friends, you think they're your friends, but they're not. If somebody's doing drugs or, or living in sin and they come to find you, um, chances are you're not gonna you're not gonna save them. You can pray for them, you can try, but be be prepared. Um, they can destroy you. So you know, that's kind of a lesson to be learned there. Uh, so that's kind of tells about the birth of Jesus Christ. Of course, he went to. He went to Egypt and lived there, and then he he come back to Jerusalem. Um, he grew up just like us, you know. As a kid, he 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 played on the playground. He had people pick on him, probably, you know. Especially being like Jesus, you know, so good, you know. As a kid, he's probably a little bit awkward, you know, because we're all full of sin, and there was somebody perfect out there, you know. And they, he probably didn't fit in really well with other people, um, you know. Even his disciples were kind of uh, kind of, I mean they. They didn't really know how to take Jesus because he's perfect. I mean, how do you be around somebody that's sin-free like that? And, and you're just living in the flesh and in the world. They couldn't understand him. Like Nicodemus, he said, how how are we born again? Um, do we, you know, do this or that? And, you know, he couldn't understand what Jesus was even talking about because Jesus was living in the spirit. He was a perfect, perfect man, a perfect, a perfect person on this earth. And it was hard for us to understand where he's coming from sometimes. But he put it, he, that's why he spoke in parables and made things simple for us. But that's kind of my message today is um, just take this day to honor Jesus, be with your family. Um, as people are going through um, addiction recovery, uh, um, Christmas is a stressful time. You know, you got people coming into your life, family, you know, and this is the only time you see them all year. Just try to love them and uh, try to show them, you know, if you're going through recovery, trying to show them. No, I'm not going to, you probably don't need to go to brag or nothing. Just show them how you've changed through, through the way you speak, the way you talk. Um, give honor to the Lord. Uh, maybe at Christmas dinner this year, just lead the family in a prayer about Jesus and, and bring some Jesus into um, 
uh, into the into the into the household wherever you go to celebrate Christmas, you know. And like I did at the start of the message, maybe in your prayer, you know, if there's anybody that's not saved here today at this meal or wherever you're gathering, if if, if this could be the day that they accept Jesus Christ into their life, um, you know, put that out there, you know. And you know, remember, love, love is how they're going to know us. They're gonna, it's how they're going to know that we changed. It's, it's by by us loving and forgiving them. And um, so pray for me. Uh, Merry Christmas out there. God bless y'all. And um, I'll see y'all next week. Um, I kind of want to do an episode about General Grant next week and uh, the Bulldog. Uh, sometimes in our Christian walk, we just got to bulldog it, you know, and that's what Grant did when he defeated Lee and um, in the campaign of 1864. Um, kind of so any Civil War buffs out there, or history buffs out there. And how that relates to us as, as, as new Christians or Christians, we just got to bulldog it sometimes and, and hang in there, not let go. In the end, we're going to win because Jesus already took, uh, he already defeated the devil. He took victory. And so basically the devil's defeated. He just don't know it yet. Um, so, you know, all we got to do, all we got to do is not believe the devil's lies and hang in there. Just like Grant did against Lee, he took bad casualties. He lost every battle. But yet he won the campaign. Uh, and that's us as Christians. We we done won. Only thing we got to do now is hang in there and keep fighting. Um, keep getting up every morning and, and loving the Lord and saying our prayers and, and cutting out sin in our life. Um, going around telling people about Jesus. That's all we got to do. We ain't got to worry about nothing else. The victory's already there, y'all. And on that, um, happy birthday, Jesus. Um, and God bless y'all. I love y'all. Pray for me. That's how I get to see my family. I, I get to see them, a lot of them about once a year. And, um, you know, hopefully I'm going to preach the word of Jesus to them. And and um, and I'll pray for you. And if you get to meet you, you see your family once a year on certain things, say, tell them about Jesus. Tell them about the word of Jesus. Um, amen. And God bless y'all. Thank you for listening to Damascus Crossroads Podcast. If you like what you hear, Follow us for more episodes. You can also visit our website by clicking the link in the description below. We'd like to thank Andrew Osinga for granting us permission to use his song The One True Thing on our podcast. If you haven't checked out his music, you're missing out on great praise and worship songs with uplifting messages. May God bless your day, your week, and keep you strong in your faith.